Welcome to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. For Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Here's your hosts, Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Coming you... Oh boy. Jesus. Coming to you <laughs> this morning from Fisho's Talkie Back Beach. We've got word twitches, we've got, war, we've got voice breaks, we've got everything this morning. Say that again. <laughs> Uh, Redmond, where are, you, where, where are we at? <laughs> well, we're in fish shows, and that wasn't me best. Well, you're at Torquay this morning. Best start, mate. Um, good morning. Good morning. Uh, hot week. Don't For those about, that are wondering what this is, you. this is Real Adventures. <laughs> don't know about you, but it's been a warm week. I, uh, it's great. You, Absolutely love it. <laughs> you, you hammered the fishing uh, Monday. Saved on the catching. Didn't spend too much time catching. You, you did some miles. Covered, I caught no tuna. Some, I did six hours water. and caught absolutely nothing. And if you want to know the numbers of how many tuna I've seen, I've seen 784,421. We counted them. You said on last week's show that they are really hard work at the moment. They just, like, each season, in and out, like, usually I can work them out. I'll give you the tip. I've, last year, we didn't miss once on the bluefin tuna. Not once did I miss. Really? Not once last year. How many times did you miss this? Lots. Year? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a prick. <laughs> like yesterday, we, uh, oh, sorry, earlier in the week, we literally like, I would have done, I, I left the fish as well to go find fish too because there's a lot of boats on these fish and they weren't feeding yep. properly. Yep. So Are they be, sunning themselves? Like you often yeah, talk about yeah, these fish the, come the, up, they sit below the surface, yep. yet no one can get a bait on them. So we they did they do that from pretty much nine o'clock onwards nine thirty onwards. But in the morning you mark them up the whole time in the same area, and usually you catch them. But they didn't want to eat. So basically, if you want to go catch a fish, and I know last week's show was a little bit in depth about being safe, and this is the complete opposite. If you want to guarantee a fish, go out there when there's a cyclone because they eat when it's extremely rough. Yeah. The wind's blowing yep. and they feed. Or the next morning they go off their head too, like even on a calm day after a big blow. That's the best time to get them. But couple of northerly winds and the swell drops out. As soon as the swell backs down, there's no ground, like there's no movement in the water. It's just stagnant. The fish turn stagnant. Yeah. That's the only thing that we've got. And like last year and the years before, like quite often you'll find packs of fish with turns or mutton birds out in 50 or away feeding, especially in February, March. Like we're, we're flying through your, the year now. and This is your go time yeah. as well, February. You often talk about, you know, your ideal times of the year. Well, this is the best it. month. We are in it. Yep. For everything. So... I worked extremely hard. Um, Chris Cassar was next to me. He managed to get three, and that was actually not when I was next to him. It was when I gallivanted down the east to the shank and did 40 kilometres, and he rings me and goes, they've just come up, and I've got three. And then he couldn't get another, then he couldn't get another one for another eight hours, and then he got two just before dark. So he was he did 12 hours or He was chartering, hours. obviously. Yeah, chartering. So two charters, and he got three, I think, three or four in his morning that day, and then the whole afternoon, we'll talk, I was talking to him in the afternoon just via text, and didn't get nothing, and it was like, I think I was in bed. It was like quarter to eight and he was still out there trying to get his customers fish after hours. So let's talk about... So just, well, that's just, just the fish. It's not him. Like his, no. He done well. He did, he did better than everyone that day. Well, I was just about to ask you. So at the moment, 
the the main players in the charter business if you're coming out of Queenscliff, yep. Sorrento. So Chris Cassar. Uh, yeah, so the good. So you got many. Like Vasilevsky from Queenscliff. So his boat lives in Queenscliff. You got Zach Cross Country from Queenscliff. So they live there. Yep. Then you've got the likes of uh, Sharkman Charters, which are something. I think they're over at Blair Gowrie. But the thing with Chris is he's on a trailer. He's a smaller boat. Uh, so the the thing with Chris, he, his he, ability to go anywhere, he can travel. That's yeah. a little bit different with Chris. So the other boys are great because they know the area. They fish the same waters all the time. Where Chris knows the area, but he can, like one day he's off Western Port going out of the Eastern Entrance, and then he's in Port Phillip. Yeah. So how does it work when you call Chris? You say on a book a charter, and then he'll guide you to where. You know, we're launching I out of... I honestly X. don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I, he mu- It must just be a day-by-day thing via text message at 5 p.m. Yeah. It must be. Yeah. And that's... that's. I think it's... A, that's how I like to run my guide. Similar thing. I can turn up If you anywhere. want to catch fish, you've got to go to be where, where the they fish are. are. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and another good example, Richie Abala from Dreamcatcher Sports Fishing. Like, you've got charter boats out of Burmy, right? That that live in the water. You've got your, your big rivers and your, your fly bridges and all these big boats that live out of Burmy. And they chase the marlin out of Burmy. Now they can't get a lot of other places because they're there. That's yeah, their correct. that's their home the home port. Where Richie Dream catches a thirty foot noosa cat, where he can he will drive one day he could be in Malakuta, one day he could be in Eden, one day he could be in Jervis Bay. So he can move up hundreds of kilometers up the coast in a day, given couple of days. Is that really the way fish. to go? Do you think in terms um, of because people have the dream of you know I'm going to book myself a yep. marlin charter out of a forty foot game boat with a tuna towel yep. and have a great day. That's fantastic, right? But like you said, the the ability of these guys that can trail their boats and go anywhere. Don't get me wrong, Richie's boat's more than 100% comfortable. It's a lot more comfortable than mine. It's a 30-foot noose <laughs> cat. But if you want that, like, the, you go into a flybridge and it's on another level again. Yeah. Like, you just the, the bigger the boat. So it, it just depends what you sort of want, I guess. Like, if you're... A flybridge, for those uh, unaware, is like a two-story boat. It's got yeah. a secondary control system above the cabin. The visual aspect of it's yeah. great. But yeah. not only that, often they're big. They've got... Toilets inside, they've got lounges, you can lay yeah, down and sleep, TVs. Yeah, so like it just depends what you want. Uh, for me, if I was hiring it, I, I, I don't I'm not a I don't like big boats when I fish. I actually prefer the smaller boats. Uh, like your boat is perfect for the marlin. Uh is that the maneuverability? Yeah, I love like? being able to I, well the thing is I lose disadvantage by not being able to see. That's a massive aspect of yeah, it. So I yeah. lose advantage of that. But I like I don't know, it just costs I think it cost plays a big role in it. The ability to travel with it. And like showing your boat to my boat, I don't personally. I don't think there's a single bit of difference, yep. uh, other than the fact that you use more fuel. <laughs> well, but, not with your ram fishing. Yeah, it pulls it no worries, and then I can get up and down the coast quite easy in it. But then, but like Chris, for example, you go out and you, you compare Cassar's boat to Vasilevsky's boat. So both Chris's, so their last name. So go on fishing Cassar's fishing charters. Like Chris can get anywhere where Chris is stuck there, but then Chris is also you're in a. 11 meter. Yeah, it's massive. Making coffees. I mean, Chris yeah. says you're sitting on Got top the of each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, you get, there's all positives and negatives and everything, and they all do a great job. Uh, but it depends what you want to sort of cater for. And the groups, that, I guess, if you're four mates that want to go specifically catch fish, like, to a place that you'd like where the fish are moving, well, Chris is probably a bit like the more probably of a Vasile- uh, sorry, Casa. He can travel yeah. to where they are. Where Vasileski, if you've got a group that want to catch fish but being comfort as well, I mean, wrong. Vasilevsky catches fish too, so I shouldn't say that either. But yeah, well, yeah, I know. Just, what you, mean. you know what I'm yeah, trying to explain it that way. But you mentioned Flybridge as well before. A bit of a, a bit of a marketplace find from yourself during <laughs> the week. You, you do love your marketplace, and uh, I've you got, sent me something during the week. I've got an addiction at the moment, and I'm I'm happy to to admit it. Like marketplace has become what 
Instagram. Thought Asada was getting involved then. Where were we going? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's become the black hole of like time wasting. Next to, so, next to Instagram reels. Next next to Instagram. So I sent you during the week a, I think it was like a 1989 Bertram that was 20 grand. I found another one that's 36,000 twin 170 Merc cruisers. Now they probably don't start. And then then I found a, a 10 foot fish tank, 500 bucks. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't make that for $500, the 10 foot fish tank. Like that was out of, that was completely out of the ordinary. Then I didn't know, I was expecting another boat. Well, when, a fish tank comes well, out. Well, when you go to Marketplace, you know, you have the, the thing that you type in right. And then they have the little teasers that come around, you know. Hang on, what's that? A BMW oh, X5. Yeah. Inspired for, by your viewers. Here you go. A BMW X5 for five grand. It's a bargain. What about that one that's just come up? You've got a 1980 JJ Savage and Sons 10 horsepower gull. Horsepower yeah. gull. 350 bucks. 350 bucks. What's that? Twin Evinrude 115s. <laughs> this is bad. V4 petrol two strokes. Nothing like the smell of a two stroke in the morning. 1998 models. Extra long leg. 4,800. Yes, it costs you 4800 to run them each time <laughs> you go fishing. But twin engines, Aaron. No joke. I reckon like, this is the third time I've ever been on Marketplace in my life. Are you serious? I've, I've never... And I was only talking to Lockie Cartley during the week, so I'm looking at a new car for the missus. He's like, get on Marketplace. I'm like, I've never done it. And this is... Mate, I've just gone through, through it again. Unbelievable. And it's now... There's a lot of stuff here. Mate, not only a lot of stuff. Mind you, what I will say is there is some rubbish in there and... And this is not having it. Yes, it is actually having a dig at Land Cruiser owners. Anyone that's got a Land Cruiser, they automatically think their second-hand Land Cruiser is worth 150 well, grand. Do you know what, There's mate? A- I can get it brand new for 150. Yeah, but it's got the, you know, it's got an emu sticker on the back of it. It's got seat covers. <laughs> oh, Jeremy seat Cameron covers, special. Does it? It's got 78,000 Ks, and you want more than a brand new car because you've got a pair of seat covers on it. Well, that's what it's like. I was speaking to Lockie Cartledge again. This is the marketplace conversation. Now, 300 series versus 200 series, right? Yes. 300 series is the V6 engines. Yep. 200 series is the V8. V8. Now, you, the reason that these 200 series are so expensive is a lot of people aren't wanting the V6s. So, that's the reason their price value has gone up in second-hand cars. Which I think is a load of crap. Well, you I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, for me, I'm not buying a V6. I'm not, putting, I'm not doing it. Oh, you are so full of crap. Um, that's why I'm like, looking you at don't the V8. Th- you don't this think, is patrol. You don't think that a car manufacturer brings out a newer car and says, you know what? Let's replace okay. the V8 with a worser engine. Yes. This is a better engine. Okay, well, here's a prime example. I had a... Uh, sorry. I had a V6 Amarok. Yes. Gibbsy had fam- a V4. Found one on here the other day. <laughs> 14 and a half grand. Had been written off. Good for parts. And probably, I'm like, probably not sure it's worth 14, 14 and a grand. Half. Jesus. <laughs> Gibbsy had a V4 V Amarok. Yes. A few years before me. But it was twin turbo, right? So what they do is they put the smaller engine in and they put the twin turbo. This is very similar to V8, V6 in the Land Cruisers. Yes, gotcha. Towing to a boat to Eden, we were going. We were stuck on the road for six hours because the engine blew up. Yeah, mate, that's... You can't put smaller engines in and put more turbos in to do the same job. You just can't. Well, maybe that's the European cars. <laughs> the Land Cruisers are all right. <laughs> the, oh. the Land Cruisers are all right. Hey, uh, a little bit of news around the boating industry. Stesco 
and Angler Pro, built out of the same place, facing uncertain future as the liquidators have moved in. So Stesco's been around for 25-odd years, Queensland-based um, operation, sort of family-run business, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the interesting piece to this is Anaconda, we've seen over the last few years, have gone into the boat manufacturing industry or perhaps the distribution, not necessarily manufacturing, because they did a deal with a brand called Golf Runner, which sat under this umbrella um, essentially um, and was selling Golf Runners at Anaconda, trying to clearly drum up sales. I think the biggest one was just under six metres, roughly around 70 grand. Yeah, it did miss you. Um, but they've gone into liquidation. So once again, like it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's the edge of the sword sort of staff operation, isn't it? When you're trying to expand your operation, mm. looking for way new ways to generate revenues. It's a shame because Desco is such an iconic aluminium manufacturer because so much of what's manufactured sits under the Tellwater brand. So for those unaware, if you buy a Quintrex or a Stacer, they're the same thing. Yeah. It's they're, just coming from the same place. They're literally coming from the same place. It's like boat sales or boat point. Yeah. Got some news for you. It's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so, boat point's better, but it's owned by the same people, run by the same marketing team. <laughs> so, you know, you've seen less savages because they've they've reduced the, the savage manufacturing considerably. So, um, bit of a shame there. The other one was, now we love Car Expert. I reckon if you're looking for information on new cars, Car Expert is a new player in the game. But they send me videos really, often through there, the videos they do and whatnot. Yeah, Paul Marrick, they've done yep. an incredible job, the team there. They've been over in the States recently testing Lexus's new GX, which is what will be Toyota's new Prado. It's the same platform, essentially, and Lexus heading more in the off-road space. And I'm, I messaged Paul because some of the pictures coming out of the States on this car are just amazing. He's like, mate, it is phenomenal. And the biggest challenge is going to be that you're just not going to be able to mm. order it because the wait the times wait, will yep. be so long because it's such a great car. So that'll be, for the first time in a long time, I think, Lexus being a big player in the off-road market again. They're... <laughs> I've always liked Lexuses for the quality of what they produce. Japanese, and, but their engine cars, power too. Wrong. Like they're always all their engine power. Even I've been in old Lexus four wheel drives. Yes, they use fuel, but they all pulled well. And I'm talking yeah. older models. Yeah, but they always pulled well. Uh, sort of like you go in those old older style. I guess you know those old Land Cruisers back in the day and those patrols. So you compare them to the Lexus at the same time. The Lexus always was pulled better, in my opinion. Yep. But it'd be interesting to see where this comes because and how much how much you're going to be. 110,000, he was saying. That's what starting. Starting at. Yeah. The interesting thing in the States, though, Which isn't you can tow bad. four tons with them. What can you tow here? Three and a half. Why have we got so many rules? Oh, this, this, like, this, this country is so screwed. Like, <laughs> we seriously have so many rules. I can't even go down and have a fish for a gummy shark on sand and have a fire on the beach in Victoria. <laughs> like, it just, we can't do anything here. Well, the, the States, it's the best and the worst of the world. So you get the best stuff and you get the worst stuff. But wait, wait till my mate gets in charge soon. But four-ton towing, I do wonder where we're heading in the Australian marketplace. We've seen the the influx in these big, massive four-by-fours. I think the times comes to add a little bit more machinery as boats and caravans get heavier. We need to tow 3.8, I reckon. Following last week's discussion, just quickly, have you gotten any further with your car? 
with your upgrade or what you're going to do? Or you still... No, I haven't. You haven't done nothing? No, I sent an inquiry into Petters in Geelong. Yeah. Asking him about the 3.8 GVM upgrade. Yep. Do I'll, t- it. I'll tell you on the second, on the uh, other side of the break, if you like. With the quote? <laughs> no, <laughs> well, the, well that, <laughs> that might be one of them as well. You're listening to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. Plenty more Real Adventures on the other side of the break. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive sea covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Razorback 4x4. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. Uh, where's my GVM upgrade at? Well... They're not cheap on the back of it. But before we get to uh, the whip around, did you catch the Super Bowl Monday? <laughs> Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Isn't it, wasn't she playing there? Or, no, it wasn't her game? No. no, no. Taylor Swift's boyfriend won the Super Bowl. Fantastic news. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I, I Taylor Swift's, I'm not, not Taylor, their fault. Taylor Swift's boyfriend's friend won the MVP, which is awesome. Yeah. Loved it. Taylor's doing very well out of it. Actually, no, the Super, oh, the, no. Super, the Super Bowl's doing... No. I see numbers during the week. Mate, did you see the numbers? $400,000 she's profited the NFL this year. $400 million. Uh, sorry, $400 million yeah. she's offered. Um, made the, Mate, made. she's the biggest in the world. There's there's no one bigger. We're talking about her on a fishing show. <laughs> <laughs> and I would... If like if you could get tickets to it, I'd definitely go. To the Super Bowl? No, well, definitely the Super Bowl. Why would you go to the Super Bowl? So they're not athletes. They are purely entertainers. There's people... Uh, no, I could go right. play the... No, they're not. I could yes, go they, play that game. They don't run more than eight eight metres a game. They don't run. Mate, Mahomes was unbelievable. But they don't run. They don't do anything. You know our, our producer, I'm assuming he's putting this show together this week, he's been at the Super Bowl for the last couple of weeks over in the US. Super Bowl shocking. Mate, not the Super Bowl, can... sorry. The Super Bowl's great. The, the, the entertainment. The entertainment is F. Is but the game itself is on par with NBA. Now, I love basketball. I love playing basketball. It's better than the NBA. But the game sucks. Mate, it was one of the all-time greats. I it went don't... into overtime and Taylor Swift's boyfriend oh, and it wasn't, and what this It wasn't like anything to do with entertainment with this game. It wasn't like Taylor Swift's boyfriend magically. They made it to the Super Bowl <laughs> and then they're down at halftime. And somehow they magically get close <laughs> together before the end. Oh my God, it's overtime. It's a draw. And then they're down again. And then they're back up. And then they magically win. And I think he had a good last overtime. Not that I watched it. I think he I read He did. He was rubbish in the first half. Well, he had a good second half. Well, but. it's just not. You tell me. It's not a load of crap. You're saying it's scripted. I don't know. I just, I just gave you some obvious points. <laughs> did I not? <laughs> hey, we need to get to the whip around before we get ourselves. Well, before people. Continue to. Stop I reckon a lot thing. of people agree with me there. Probably. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theory either. Except those butterfly things that are getting around. I reckon the government's put them everywhere. <laughs> I just joke. I just made that up. I saw it on an Instagram thing. <laughs> All right. It's time for the whip around for Razorback 4x4. All right. Let's kick things off in New South Wales. Kingfish. Kingfish appeared at the Monty Island the last couple of weeks. A lot of rats though. Yes. Lots of small ones. A few bigger ones. Lots of small ones. Why do they call them rat kings? You know? Because they come in numbers. I don't know. I just made that up. Rat Kings. I don't know. They um 
They pull hard. They're fun. They're still oversized, a lot of them. They yeah, eat well. Which is great. Uh, Marlin yeah, as well. This they're is fishing the, good. This is the other one. This is the exciting part that you're a bit pumped about. All along the east yeah. coast at the moment. So there's pockets of fish everywhere. Now, are you, are you looking to go up at the moment? Yeah, I'll like, go up as soon as I can. Yep. Literally any day, uh, I'll go up. Next patch of good weather. Yep. And uh, long story short, is not really a wrong place, but it's not like uh, yeah. It's not you specified could be like you have south. to go here. Yeah, yeah. Like two Ross is fishing well, Naruma's fishing well, Batesman's fishing well. I will literally drive up in the car. Yep. Look at the charts, make a few calls, and see where I'm going. So. Where were you launched from, do you think? Don't know. I honestly don't know. Yep. Yeah. No idea. Could be Eden, could be Burmy, could be Turos, could be... I think it's going to be Turos. What's the lowest, if you're Victorian-based, yep. that you can go to to launch from? Well, if you just let me hold off that for a minute and go down to the Victorian report, okay. we're going to talk Sorry. about we're going to talk about that in, in a minute's time. We'll hold that at minutes. the end. We'll hold that at the end. But yeah, the marlin fishing is good. There's been really good signs of bait balls, Pat, which is awesome. So the mutton birds on top of them, they're giving the giveaways on them to the mutton birds. And then you can see in the water, the bait ball, pitch a bait to them. And that's the yeah. best way to catch marlin, in my opinion. But ticking liveys around has been really, really good too. But uh, I'm really hanging to uh, hopefully get one of these fish very, very soon. Stripe marlin and black marlin mainly. Queensland, Jamie Walsh managing a solid 107-centimetre barramundi in Lake Mondurin by trolling. Yeah, trolling hard bodies during the week. You've got a massive fish. So that's a cracking cracking fish for in there. So great to see. McKay Harbour as well. The wall and mackerel on stick baits has been fishing exceptionally well, heading across to the west, and the coral trout are on fire off Exmouth at the moment. So stick baits. Yeah, the boys from west... So, Taco Tackle, who I had on last week. Tom uh, Hawkins was very impressed, by the way. He actually messaged me. Saying, Tommy's a regular on the show. Morning, Tommy. Loves listening to the show. He always comments on sort of what we've been chatting about. And he, he loved the fact that, you know, the concept behind Taco Tackle. Everything in one spot, you buy that, bang. Because his hmm. thing was, you know, every time I go fishing, you know, which is like annually, <laughs> it's like, where's it? where have I put that? Tackle box. Yeah. There goes another 70 bucks. You just lost it all versus yep. bang. You just buy the taco tackle kit and you've got everything. For whatever species you're chasing. Whatever species you're chasing. Well. So hi. The boys Good morning, were, Tommy. The boys were, uh, the so Dan and Jake, who own Targo Tackle on West Coast. Yes. They had a trip booked with the same boys. So they come with me to Exmouth not long ago. Yep. And, well, I went with them, I should say, and we filmed up there. And they went back to Exmouth, fishing the liverboard again during the week. Except Dan didn't go. And this is where you need to be careful in life because your life can change quite quick. And I don't think Dan will mind me speaking about this. Is he was jumping in the surf the other day and broke his neck and back. What? So he broke two breaks in his back and now he's got this big halo on his head. So Dan couldn't go, but of course Jake still went. And What a, what a loving brother. Loving just brother still went. Sure well, we tried to get us to go, Jake. I just didn't have time and whatnot. I would have loved to have gone back up there and had some fun fishing up there. But basically... Stick baits in the shallows, massive coral trout that were catching, all on coral trout. They That's caught, one of the things that you struggled to catch when we you didn't went catch there one last time. I don't think yeah. they existed there, and they caught heaps. <laughs> so it's got me stuffed how that works, but that's fishing. It is. And the boys had a the boys had a great well, when I say the boys, Jake had a great trip up there. Dan was at home with a halo around his head, and the poor bloke sick. So uh, fishing very good up at uh, Exmouth. Anything metro for us? For yep. So the snapper fishing very well still as well out wider. Six kilos this week, all caught on squid, pretty much. 
you'll get them on pretty much anything, but squid was by far the best bait, fishing out wide of uh, Metro, but not too far out, but just mark up a few fish, drop your baits down, and yeah, the snapper were very, very good. Heading to Ned McHenry's backyard, South Australia. Uh, Kai, young six-year-old with an awesome mulloway from the Coorong, Cape Jervis, and the gummy sharks are thick and fast at the moment. School sharks as well, sorry. Uh, heading across the Apple Isle, Tasmania, uh, Trevally and the Tamar have been really good. Soft plastics have been the best working bait slash lure. And there's been some huge trumpeter uh, coming on jigs in around the 120 metres of water um, fishing before the shelf out of Tassie, which has been nice to see. That takes us back to the very start of the show when we were talking about Marlin yes. and the New South Wales coast. To the Victorian Report, Redbird. Yeah, Portfolio Bay, there's been plenty of marlin, but no, there hasn't. <laughs> They're Malacuda. You know, when I was in South Australia, we did have a marlin that washed up on shore. Clearly you also got, have got a continental lost. shelf off South Australia. We don't have one in Portfolio Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but it probably, well, did it get lost, or is there more there than we think? Who knows? Especially with the climate change, Patrick. But basically, Malacuda. You're on my side. I Jake. <laughs> Jake Brisbane fished out of Malacuda, and I think they landed 15 marlin. So that's 15? 15 out of Malacuda. What? So patch of water top pulled together. They they shot down the coast. This hang is on, the, hang on. 15 marlin yep. out of Victoria's Malacuda. Yep. Yes. Wow. Yep. So fish very, very good. Long way out, but to the shelf there, but they got fish. Whew. So if you can handle the travel... Good on you. How far is the travel? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you while we're doing it. I'll measure it while we're still going through the report. I'll measure it here. But that fish, very good too. I'm going to let you do the next couple and I'm going to measure it while you're doing it to roughly where they're fishing. I've got it right in front of me here, Patrick. Well, we'll head further south from uh, Malakuta. Lake's entrance, the gummy sharks and pinkies have still been going really well. Port Welshpool, uh, the flathead and tuna reports and a few stray kings. Not stray kings, but as we still have that decent water temperature, the kings will still be about. Western Port Whiting have been going really well and the Port Phillip Bay Whiting and the tuna outside of the heads. We spoke about the tuna off the top of the show. The, the challenges around when they're sunning themselves and getting that bite. It is really about the persistence, as Aaron's so often spoken about. You've just got to be in and around the region. And we saw that with Chris Cassar landing. Pretty much the only three fish caught, I think it was last Monday. Yep. Um, and he was the successful one. Um, Kangaroo Lake had... Cod to nearly a metre. Uh, Livey's going the best bait when it comes to getting those really big fish. And Lake Boga, redfish, redfin, up red to 40 fin. centimetres on shrimp and worms. Malakuta's about 45 kilometre run out. That's a big run out, isn't it? It's just, if it is rough, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fine to get out there because you're excited about fishing for yep. marlin in Victoria. Yeah, to come home. It's a little bit harder on the way home. <laughs> So it's a like it might be thirty. You might find them thirty five k's, but you're traveling minimum thirty five k's, yeah. and that's a, that's a straight line. That's not including up or down either. So it's a bit of a hike. But Victoria Marlin people want to tick it off the bucket list, and that's one of them that you can do. It's one of them. I tell you what, you could almost catch. You could like get three of the all time. You could go brown trout because you can get them in that region clearly. Yep, some some of the Great Lakes around there. Well, you got the you go the meter. Flathead. Goldwyn that runs down there. Yeah. The meter flatty into the billfish. 
Marlin. Well, but why not get a swordfish? Why, why not get a swordfish while you're at it? Oh, lordy! And then a tuna, oh. a bluefin, hundred kilo tuna that live out there. And that, what about a big eye a thresher shark? That wraps or a big two hundred kilo maker. The list goes on, Patrick. That wraps the whip around for Razorback four by four. There's nothing like Razorback four by four. Us after rather. The break. The great Al McGlashan joins us for his new series. We're looking forward to chatting to Al all that and more on Real Adventures this morning. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Speaking of Club Marine, you can see and read all about this guy and from this guy, every single Club Marine edition. Al McGlashan joins us this morning. Good morning, Al. Good morning, gents. How are we today? Going very well, Al. Thanks for joining us, mate, because he's in the car, mate. He's getting ready to launch the boat. This is as live as it gets. Yeah, but you can't get any better than this. Like, we're just heading to boat ramp. The beauty is the boat ramp's literally, I don't know, two minutes from the house. So we're just heading down to go out and have a look around the harbour. Now, we, uh, so you're fishing inside the harbour this morning? Like, what's on the agenda for you? Yeah, well, we're actually going out to try and school one of the bull sharks. There's been heaps around and stuff, so we're just going to go and have a quick look and see if we can tag one. So, And then it's back to Marlin fishing after that. So as long just as a it- quick, quick look to see. As long as it doesn't tag you, that's clearly been one of the big discussion points out of Sydney at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're actually trying to film. I've got a camera that I'm putting down, and I'm going to see if I can film them swimming around down there. That's a, that's their ultimate aim. I probably won't be able to resist and slip a hook down and catch one as well. So Now, Al, with these bull sharks, like you sound pretty bloody confident that you're going to see them on camera there. Like, Are they coming in packs and numbers? Like, What are they doing? Yeah, they've always been there and stuff. I think there's more and more people in the water now. Like, obviously, a girl got bitten the other day, you know, swimming at dark, you know, out in one of the, in the water while it's dirty, which is a big no-no. And the problem we've got is more people in the water, it's going to have more interactions are going to result. And it's really interesting because the bull sharks come down every year. They turn up sort of late December, and they're normally gone by March. Yep. So they only come down, hang out in the harbour. It's like, you know, the place to be, I suppose. And yeah, it's a holiday, maybe. And then they then they disappear. So it's quite an interesting scenario. Another factor to it as well is obviously social media and all the whatnot. <laughs> it obviously shows there's more sharks around. And that's what we're noticing too, especially around Patrick as well, that like the amount of reports on social media, and a lot of them are incorrect at times. But... Just well, you, did, you didn't like the um, four metre great white out yeah. of Horsey. Did you hear about that one, Al? <laughs> I laughed at that one because I thought I'd be calling all my fish. We've got to love social media. But something we do love is we love the work that you do, Al. We love your photos, your videos, whatever it is Some that you do. Some beautiful billfish as well, Aaron. Just everything he's been doing. But something exciting coming up that Al's been working on, I think roughly about three years now from what I read the other day when you put a post up, Al, is a doco fish forever. Now, I'm going to let you take it away and tell us what it's about and, of course, when it's coming on and where we can find it. But what is the whole purpose of this documentary and uh, what are you doing? Well, it was all in, it was really inspired after we did the, the Bluefin doco, Life on the Line, because we want to show what's happening in the ocean in a positive. And 
I've always done fishing shows, and you know, fishing shows are pretty stuff down. You catch a fish, you yahoo a bit, you let it go, and you go to the next one. And I wanted to go to the next level and show a bit more of the science, show what we're doing, and particularly champion anglers for all the hard work we do. We get a bit of a hard time, I reckon. Yes, we're the front line out in there, and this whole series that we decided to do, which probably the biggest part, is odd that I did it with Coop. So we, we bailed on the production company and went out on our own to set up our own production. And I tell you what, the amount of work that was involved, if I'd known that at the start, I probably would have bloody done it. <laughs> it was so much work. It's like we've only just signed off on the last app and sent it. It goes to editors, to online editors, offline editors, colorists, and, and it just, yeah, it's been a massive mission. But I've got to say, doing it as a family as well has been something that's really cool. And, you know, we did Kingfish in the River, so Sydney Harbour they promote really heavily. But, you know, as soon as it rains, raw sewage overflows straight into the Parramatta River. Like, it's just... And so we highlight a lot of that sort of stuff, a lot of satellite tagging, because to me that's really important for our big pelagics. You know, we've had stuff where the guys were saying, oh, swordfish don't live after you let them go. So we got some sat tags and let them all go properly, and every one of them survived. In fact, one of them even got recaptured by a long rider, so obviously he didn't learn his lesson. He only lasted four months and got caught, so it probably shows that they're not the smartest fish in the world either. Well, you mentioned a few. Let's go through the species You've it's and the episodes. So how many episodes is it, and what species are we expected to see on there? So seven eps, and we've got... Uh, so starting at the beginning, we do swordfish, because I'm always a lot catching swords. Then we go into kings in the river, which is really interesting because the kingfish in Sydney Harbour have started migrating upstream where they normally don't go because what's happened up here is because the water's getting warm, the East Australian current's heating up, is that the fish are actually moving upstream because we're getting all these jelly prawns. So there's this spectacular behaviour where they're crashing in on the bank. So you're talking, you know, 60, 70 centimetre fish are swimming with their backs out of the water through the mangroves, just absolutely decimating these poor old um, jelly prawns, which are a tropical species. I've caught them chasing barons or use them to catch barren stuff. So, And then we go into uh, next one after that, black marlin. So we catch black marlin off Sydney, like right in close. And then we go across to Exmouth and satellite tag them. Yep. And then we go, what's after that? Then we do yellowfin. So we do the first set tag for yellowfin in New South Wales as part of, you know, and part of Tuna Champions to, like, so we can learn about them because we don't know what they're doing. Then we go into, oh, it's what's F5? I've got to learn what I'm up to now. <laughs> so F5 is good. So then we do another one on swordfish again because we got some more tags and put more out and quite a cool story because we gave the tags we had, when we had COVID, they failed because they used the wrong um, lithium batteries. So we, have, we got new tags, so we had to go back and tag them again. But then when we arrived, we, the tags weren't turning up. You know the old story. And then we arrived at Malakuta and the tag had disappeared. Then we caught a nice sword, so we tagged it normally and then got the tags. And then on the way home, tag went out of Bermagui. So it was really like a cool little story. And then we do sailfish and then we finish with striped marlin. So we're starting to push to do a project to striped marlin at the market because around the world they're in, they're in danger. So they're actually, the numbers are dropping down. And they're, drop, they're increasing here and stuff. And they're, um, they're starting to, we want to look after those, you know, look after them. And we don't understand what they're doing. So we, 
know they're going down down the east coast, and then we don't know where they go, whether they're moving further south, what's going on. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's been an exciting project. And where can we watch it, Al? What's the what's uh, the network covering it? So Channel 9 are going to run it on the main channel because we went away from, you know, the brand-funded approach and just basically did it ourselves. And, you know, with the likes of Club Marine, we're obviously in there and they're supporting the whole project. And so it'll be on Channel 9 at 1 o'clock on the 3rd of March. It starts for seven weeks. No, no, it's coming up. And we only just finished the last step. Every, you know, the normal delays. It just, yeah, it's just been chaos. I've been fishy enough, so that's why I'm like, right, go and fish it. (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to seeing it on the airways of nine. And and you mentioned it during the interview. There is a, a, a cracking show that both you and I love, Aaron, Life on the Line, which... I'll produce one of one of the best documentaries around fishing in this country and, and global fishing, the fish stocks of the bluefin tuna and how it has been affected over the years. It's an absolute ripper for anyone that's interested. Al McGlashan, our special guest this morning for Club Marine. If you need insurance for your boat or jet ski, discover why boating's just better with Club Marine and Al's show isn't far away. Thanks for joining us, Al. Absolutely, guys. Now I'll go and catch a shark. It's now time for Red's review for Club Marine. Boating's just better with Club Marine Boat Insurance. This is a good review this week. I'm not saying we don't always do great reviews. This is a good review. Some ordinary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you said to me, I'm reviewing an ice make, I'm like, what? Yeah, well, I'm like, my jammo's cold. I I don't drink any jammo anymore, Patrick, so I don't need it for that. What do I need it for? Is an ice maker because my birthday's coming up. So yes. I said to Kari, I need something ice maker. I've been meaning to do it for a long time. Now, and it makes sense when you think about how much you fish. I'll give you an example. When I chased the tuna the other day, I bought six bags of ice for one for my cool bags, uh, for my chiller bag, and then I bought two for my esky. Which and, and with inflation, that's I think eight hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, do the maths on. I think you get what is it? I think you get three bags for ten bucks now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yep. I've just spent 20 or something dollars, right? And I do this multiple days a week. Yep. So I thought... You want to catch a tuna and look to after it. it. Exactly. So I said, let's buy an ice bag and I'll get a cheap marketplace. I'll get a cheap deep freeze. <laughs> yes. And I'll, I'm going to make some bags. Now, the little bit that I'm confused with, so I'm actually get 100% getting this for my birthday. Sorry, told Kari. $699 from Bunnings. My partner used to work at Bunnings, right? We used to get the discount, Patrick, and we don't have the card anymore. She doesn't work there anymore. Oh, it's a sad flattening. day. I oh, know it sucks. That is flattening. It is flattening. Yeah, so, sorry, fine. this <laughs> this Polycool IM 75-litre automatic commercial ice machine maker, yep. it makes 45 kilos in 24 hours, right? Are they expensive to run? Oh, I wouldn't know. I've never looked at a power bill in my life. That's the missus' job, but... <laughs> Uh, is it like, or would you? You wouldn't run it all the time, Pat. Though, if you're heading out tomorrow, no, you don't need to run it all. The but time. but why don't you prep it? Like, wouldn't you prep stuff? So, like I said, I'm going to have a special freezer with bags. I'm going to put ice in. So I'm going to have like 20 bags at given one time in the deep freeze. Maybe 20, 20 like four kilo bags. So you're not going to you're not going to have run it all the time. No, but, I like it. So, but the thing, the things that you need to look into though is how does it work though? Do you need to? Well, you need plumb to plumb it in. It. You so need you, to plumb it. It needs to be plumbed, yes. But you can get ones that you can fill yourself. So there's all different types you can get. This one you can plumb, which is great. But the other thing is, well, it's got an auto clean uh, function. So you mentioned not having it on the whole time. I like that idea of not having it on the whole time. 
Yeah, I just don't, don't think you to. need to. Yeah, I don't think you need to because you don't need 45 kilos of... Well, that's the next question for you, though, that I'm trying to work out because my birthday's in a couple of weeks and heat, hence why we're looking at this. It makes 45 kilos of ice in 24 hours, right? Yep. Where does that ice go? Well, you'd need to take it out. You need to, don't consistently. you? Consistently. So you're probably not going to do that because you sleep for 12 that's hours. That's what I meant. That was going to be the next thing. Do you need to... Is it big enough for me to do that or do you need to go a step bigger? That was my question for you. Well, you can always have the debate on how or do you, just, you ever need. Do you just do what I said and then during the day you leave it on and you just slowly you, chip it away at it and load it up into the freezer? I think you do, Yeah, I think that's what you do. That's what you're doing, isn't it? You go to Marketplace, you get yourself a... Uh, you probably get one of these on Marketplace. For free. You, oh, one of those, the ice makers. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Why we're talking rubbish? I've got to pop it in there. Ice maker, bang, straight into Marketplace. <laughs> Have we got it? Well, oh. I just like the advertisement for this for this brand, right? So this is... Uh, you can get them from Bunnings, right? <laughs> so Poly- many ice makers on Marketplace. <laughs> Poly cool. <laughs> At 29 kilos and with 410 or 410 grade stainless steel exterior, the Polycool means business. This stainless steel exterior is durable and easy to clean and features rounded corners, which is an important safety design for a busy catering environment. You can't not buy it after reading that. Oh, I'm sure if someone read it a little bit better, I'd buy it. But there's another one on Marketplace I've just found. 1000 bucks, double the size. Head, head to Bunnings if you want more information on Polly Cool's automatic uh, commercial ice-making machine. Or go to Marketplace, go haggle with someone. <laughs> just don't do it after dark because they can be a little bit dangerous sometimes. <laughs> that is Red's review for Club Marine. Boating's is better with Club Marine Boat Insurance. You're listening to Real Adventures, talking all things fishing, boating, and the great outdoors for Razorback 4x4, Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers with protection like no other. And Club Marine. Need insurance for your boat or jet ski? Discover why boating's just better with Club Marine. Welcome back to Real Adventures. For Razorback 4x4, there's nothing like Razorback 4x4. It's time for Red's tip. And Redman, off the back of our solid discussion this morning about Marketplace <laughs> and my newfound addiction, I feel like you're you know, close to addicted now. I'm coming. I'm coming very quickly to being addicted because it's... Uh, you're looking for a, a lot of you're options looking on for an ice, ice machine. Makers. All of a sudden, you've just found one that's like half the price. Anyway, a little tip when it comes to Marketplace. Never, ever, ever prepay for something because there are a lot of scammers out there. A couple of examples? Well, my good buddy, Big Reese Stanley, he bought a mower on Marketplace, paid for it beforehand, silly boy, and it was... A no dodgy. mower? No mower. Rocks up to the place and they're like, I don't have a mower for sale. Got screwed. Because he saw this great buy. So you've got to do your research on now, the seller. Now, if you're selling on Marketplace, do the opposite. Make sure you get the money because there's a lot of scammers out there. Well, yeah, correct. So, yeah, never hand something over without it being paid for. So that's the tip. The gaff this week. Where's it going? Well, we're heading up north, Aaron. Yep. Now, you and I are both avid followers of the uh, Iron well, Man series. That's why you're not a producer. You've got the audio. Let I it. just opened my phone and just started playing, so I apologise for that. I'm going to hit the audio right now. Let it sing. Just from the crowd and the mess. And look at the young man there from um, North Cronulla. That'll be Cruz McKee of North Cronulla, but it's going to be the big, strong man. The finger goes in the air. He stumbles. Look at that, Paulie. Oh, my gosh. He stumbled after the claim. Oh, my oh no. gosh. 
He has stumbled and Corey Fletcher has stolen victory out of the hands of Mitch Morris. The finger went up a la Nathan Smith. <laughs> did we just see Duff? Mitch Morris. So basically, oh boy. what we've seen is uh, athletes in the water, probably triathletes, running towards... They're it. Iron Men, mate. Iron Men. They're yeah. Iron Men. And well, it was coming... Iron Man, was it? Yeah. It was Iron Man. Okay, yeah. Anyway, coming towards the, uh, you know, the finish, the victory lap. About three metres out. Yep. And finger goes up, bang, lost. It Like Stephen Bradbury bit in reverse. So the gaff this week. But he had the hands up celebrating before he fell. Yeah. So the gaff this week heads up to the, uh, the Iron Man. <laughs> Poor bloke. No good. Well, you know what? It's one of those things it will be remembered for. Mm. Unlike probably this show probably won't be remembered much longer <laughs> than it's listened to. And on that note, it's time for us to go. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll do it all again next week. This has been Real Adventures. <laughs>